Hey guys, I wanted to start off by acknowledging and, you know, sending heartfelt love and positive thoughts, prayers, everything in between to the families of Christina Mauser, Ara Zaboyan, Peyton and Sarah Chester, John and Carrie Altabelli, Alyssa Altabelli, their daughter, and of course, Gianna and Kobe Bryant. I mean, we as a country have suffered many tragedies and overcome many tragedies. This is definitely one that many did not see coming. Um, it is incredibly sad and devastating, um, not just to lose a legend, but, you know, for families to lose their family members, for sisters to lose their sisters, for moms to lose their kids. Um, I've been literally heartbroken for Vanessa Bryant and the fact that she has a barely a seven month old who has to basically feed and nurture off of her body, off of her energy, be in her space and who will not really get to know a lot about her dad firsthand and her sister even. And especially with the Altabellis who have two older children and, you know, were killed in the crash with their youngest daughter. And now those kids have lost their family and, um, the pilot and his family and this mom and her daughter is the only, you know, comforting thing there is to know if there is any comfort in this is to know that, you know, these people clearly have made a difference in people's lives and were so well loved and respected um, from Kobe to the pilot to the other family members. And even the coach, um, Christina Mauser, I believe was Shannon Medora's daughter's coach uh, for basketball and was an incredible light from all that I'm hearing and reading. And it's just a tragedy. And the only comfort is to know that, you know, at least they were surrounded by other people that loved them. And some of them even surrounded by people who that loved them and were family with them. And uh, there's literally very little good you can see in something like this. Um, I think, you know, one of the ESPN anchors said it best that at least Kobe died doing what he loved doing most. And that was being a dad. Um, it, it's still sickening to me and so sad, but I just wanted to get that out of the way first. Um, I did not want to loop it in with other hot topics and other bullshit that we talk about here on Mixing with Monty, because though we press on and I did not physically know these people. So this will never affect me the way it affects other people who knew them and who loved them. Um, and, and, but it's important to talk about. It's important to wish well on people. It's important to love each other and be kind to one another. I try to conduct this podcast as humanely as possible um, and talk about people with some kind of human dignity, because at the end of the day, no matter what we think of them, like them, dislike them, idolize them, despise them, they are humans and they mean something to somebody. So maybe the more we remember that, you know, the better this world will be. And in the meantime, just my thoughts, my hearts, my prayers, my love to people who are grieving this, whether they know them or didn't. And for people who are grieving in general or, and have lost anyone close to them and, you know, it, it does not get easier. You learn to live with the pain. And I just want to make sure that every day that I get am able to talk to people and able to be kind to people, I take that opportunity. Um, even if it's on this podcast, being shady is all hell and rude or whatever. But when it comes to other people, I try to conduct it with dignity in some kind of respect. Though I may drop the ball, it happens. But I think if we just try and all be just a touch nicer in the world, love a little more, maybe we'll like the results. Hey. 
Hey y'all, I'm Moni and you're mixing with Moni, okay? Welcome to my weekly mixer where I take your favorite Bravo shows, TV news, and hot topics, mix it with my opinions and some of my friends' opinions, a little shade, and sometimes a cocktail or two. I'm bringing in my POC perspective to shows we all love. Let's mix it up. Welcome back to Mixing with Moni. I'm Moni, your host, and oh, we are still trying to keep this podcast on a diet, everyone, even though I've gotten plenty of people saying, no, I need all two hours almost of you and whomever else getting me through, organizing my closet, driving home from work, making dinner, doing dishes, chores, whatever, and all while I'm glad I can help you reorganize your life and you know walk with you or go with you through all of the many things that we busy people have to do throughout the day I can't (laughs) first of all I have to really question myself and my sanity for talking about Bravo for two hours like uh, really talking about anything for two hours but especially these vapid individuals and I love them all it's no shade but also they don't they, they they don't have enough up there for me to have enough to talk about right here so we're gonna still try to keep this thing on a diet but we'll probably have a cheat day I don't know (laughs) so today I'm very excited we did not get Atlanta because of the Grammys fuck you Grammys um but also though we did not get Atlanta we have more than enough to talk about I am very excited to have my guest, Anthony Lario, on from the podcast formerly known as Tony's Tea Corner. He is doing major things, guys. He covers Potomac on the on radio on Radio Andy on like which is on a channel on Sirius XM. He has some other things in the work that he will get into uh later on. He's doing some music now. He's he's incredible. Like He's doing so many amazing things and he shares some a lot of inside tea. He's been able to be fortunate enough to work with some housewives and he does he's a social media consultant and everything. So he is a specialist and an expert and they come to him and he has some tea and sometimes he shares them with me. He spills the tea and we mix it up. Okay. So today in lieu of Atlanta, we'll be talking Jersey. We'll be talking um, Vanderpump Rules. Well, I'll be talking to you. I'm You and I are the we. And then Anthony and I will be doing um, basically a rundown of all the breaking news that's been happening in Bravo, especially OC, and what that's going to look like, the, what he knows, what I know. Um, it's rumors of a new housewife um, that I've gotten from certain people. Um, I want to really shout out Sophia. Uh, one of my followers on Instagram and Twitter because she was at the helm of me finding out so much about this upcoming housewife. Oh, this she it's not official if this girl's a housewife yet, but there are some pictures circulating of her with the whole cast and I, I dissect them with Anthony, but like we have enough to talk about there and I think she is going to make us not miss Tamara or at least not Miss Vicky though that's not hard um but definitely not Tamara so that is what we're going to get into we also talk about some of the things that have gone on in Bravo and the actual news like what makes them bad people this the sexism the misogyny the homophobia the racism like what the fuck is going on it's so 
much at one time. And it's just like, we kind of get into why. Like, why is so much happening at once? Why is Bravo releasing all this shit? Like, Andy has made some statements about, like, the Leanne situation and why he decided to say something. Why they did this at all? Because the cast seemed to really not think it was ever going to come to fruition. So, and I I kind of agree with them. So we're going to get into that. But first, Jersey. I had a great time watching Jersey. I really did. I enjoyed it. I thought that Melissa had to have been drunk. Like she had to be drunk when she called Teresa ignorant. I'll touch on that in a moment. Um, But also to say that Jackie's a winner and that you know she's winning, 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 which I always found funny that they argued that, you know, Melissa called them losers and Melissa's like, no, I called her winning. And I'm like, well, I want to know what the opposite of that is. Like, what is the opponent of a winner if not a loser, you know? But also to say like that they, she set her kids up and I want to see where your kids are in 30 years, I think is kind of on the same playing field as Jennifer's tacking it's about Jackie's money it's tacky to say that just because someone has a lot of money and doesn't spend it that their kids will be set in the next 30 years and she wants to see where hers is and I'm like eh I think we could have gone without that and I just think that Dolores is the only one that ever really makes sense to me sometimes on this show she has the most amount of sense she does not ride the fence she is able to say what's right and wrong without really going too far one way or the other and making anybody really upset she had no problem telling Melissa like why would you say that like my kids are going to be fine like I say if I do what I got to do just because I want to give them a couple of nice things doesn't mean that they're not going to be okay and but without you know, totally tearing Melissa down or coming after every part of her existence. She focuses on what happened in front of her, what she just said. She focuses on that and then goes from there. And I think that's really important. As in that role Dolores has, I equate her to like the Cynthia before Cynthia became this new Cynthia, okay? Because sidebar, this new Cynthia is on one. I think she is kicking ass and taking names and she cares very deeply that you don't think she's a pushover okay because she is not letting shit fly anymore I think she has a switch and a dark side and kind of want to see what that looks like because I think she's she's a, a formidable opponent and I did not ever think that against Nene in my life so I would like to see what that looks like but anyways back to Dolores and I love that Dolores called Frank of all people, to talk about what happened. I think that's a sign of the demise of what is used to be Frank. And what's his name? David. That's how often we hear about him. Is we don't even know his name, really. I have to be reminded every time. Like I literally have to write it on a post-it note. Like, who is this man? We've seen him twice. And I just find it so poetic that now we've seen him on camera. And I don't think they're together in real life. Literally, Bravo cameras are the kiss of death. They really remind you of how shitty your life is. If your life is shitty. They push you to want better for yourself or get like shit or get off the pot like look at what you're doing this is awful and in this case emily simpson she shit dolores got off the pot so (laughs) that's a terrible analogy who came up with that shit um moving on Teresa. And this ignorant comment that Melissa called her, it was rude. Yes, not to call your sister-in-law that and then expect her to stay with you. That's kind of that's kind of dumb on Melissa's part. Because if someone called me ignorant, like, hey, you mean well, but you're ignorant. You're not even stupid. You're ignorant. And I'm like, I'm not staying with you, bitch. I hope she threw more than a plate at you. Like, what? 
are you talking about? But also, Teresa may be ignorant. I don't know. I have some theories as to why that's possibly true. I think mine are going to be very different than uh, Melissa's, though. But I'm not in her personal life. I don't know what she thinks and feels and what her ignorant, where her ignorance is rooted. But I also just think she's not smart. I think when Melissa said, you're ignorant, but you're not stupid, I was like, is she not, though? I mean, I get it. And Anthony and I talk about this. English is not her first language, apparently. You know, it's Italian or something to that effect. If that's not right, guys, don't come after me. I don't really care that much. But like, we get it. She has some interesting broken English and that's totally fine. Like plenty of people in this country do the hard ass work of learning this language we like to call English and make mandatory for people to speak when they come here for whatever reason, which if you know another language and you know English, you're a genius by default. Okay. My major was in English and in undergrad and it is hard ass work to understand our grammar, understand the way we write things, the, the complexities of one word with multiple definitions that don't mean the same fucking thing, how one thing can look one way and have a, just a one letter change. And it's a totally different word and sounds different. So I'm not mad at Teresa for, you know, the way she speaks, but I think sometimes the things she says don't have nothing to do with her being Italian. They have something to do with her not being that intelligent. But if you can make it that far in your life with Teresa smarts, guys, there is hope for majority of us. Literally, so many of us are going to be just fucking fine. So I am at a place where I'm like, go Jennifer is tacky for talking about, you know, Jackie's money and everything. She does have a point that Jackie's criticized her abundance of for her kids parties. So she can kind of talk about her frugality or Jennifer is definitely holding a grudge, but still. And Jackie, no one said you need a caviar for the adults and that, you know, the party isn't about the kids. It totally is about the kids. But again, but again, I'll say you could have had like a nice pizza platter, like maybe some homemade pizza. You are in Italy. I don't know. I mean, you're <laughs> you're in Jersey, which is like little Italy, but also like a sandwich platter, maybe some tossed fruit salad for the for the adults. But also so the parents aren't taking the food from the kids. either. Like they're not taking these kids pizza because they have other foods. So you you could get a sandwich platter, maybe some caprese salads, you know, let's just cut up some tomatoes and some mozzarella, sprinkle a little bit of stuff on it, you know, a little drizzle here, a little sprinkle there. We're fine. You know, it's, it's, it's normal. Have a little wine, something like that. But no one said caviar and lobster girl, like you're taking it too far. And so is Jennifer. So there's that. But Marge is right. Jackie doesn't think about food, but you cannot say she does not eat if that's not true and you've seen her eat, even if it's not to your satisfaction. Because as someone who has struggled with an eating disorder in the past, like and primarily my issue with Jillian Michaels' statement about Lizzo, other than don't talk all about people you don't know about and don't speak on somebody else's weight. I don't care if you're a trainer, you're not her trainer, so shut the fuck up. Um the point is when she, Jillian Michaels said to Lizzo, like, well, why do we need to talk about our body? Why do we need to care at all? Why do we need to care about our body? Because it's not going to be cute if she gets diabetes. And it's like, so you're contradicting yourself because what do you mean? Why do we need to care about her body? But you're talking about her body. And also her body is a major point about her music. And it's okay that she loves herself, even though she does not want your help or look like you. It's okay that Lizzo does love herself. But my point to Jillian Michaels and what I'm going to also now mention to Marge in, the, in a nicer way than I'm going to yell it at Jillian, you cannot tell somebody's health by looking at their body you simply cannot we do not know 
how much Jackie is eating. We do not know what she does to her body to maintain that weight, lifting, running, not eating, drinking water, you know, detoxes, whatever it is that she's doing. that's on her. If she is eating, you can only go by the facts. You can't also then compare it to what you do. I gained a a shit ton of weight my freshman year in college. And I did not know it was a hormonal reason. I did not even think about that. I didn't fathom it because I already had at that point body dysmorphia and I already had a full-blown eating disorder when I got out of high school and middle school. So getting to college, I just thought that I was just letting myself go. And it led me into a deep and dark depression because I was just like, what? I'm awful. I'm disgusting. Like, obviously, I can't control myself. And But that would then lead me to want to eat more. And I had no idea with this new, you know, situation with my thyroid and Graves' disease, I had no idea there was a such thing as certain things that can happen to you genetically. There are certain autoimmune issues that you can have, certain things that you could be born with or not born with, certain things, certain things that you can develop that can literally change the way your metabolism works and change how much you let gain and how much you lose. And Literally, I felt sick for an entire year this past year, not knowing that I had Graves' disease and not wanting to get tested for it. But I lost, say, 50, 60 pounds, and I was just happy that I was losing it. And I didn't care where it came from, and I didn't care how, because that is literally what happens sometimes when you've had an eating disorder. And I haven't dealt with my specific eating disorder in years, probably since I was a teenager. But every single day, it is a fight to love myself and to not be like, Oh, God, girl, you really let yourself go. Like, and I just really commend Jackie. And I don't really like her that much. I think she's okay. I just think she's, you know, she needs other players in order to be interesting. But I do feel for her because it is hard to live with something. Even though you've conquered it, it does not go away. It's like addiction, alcoholism. Just because you decided to do better for yourself and put that away, it does not mean that you don't constantly struggle with finding other vices and maintaining your goals and keeping yourself on track. It's a one day at a time thing. And there are plenty of days I go to the fridge and I'm just like, I don't want to fucking deal with this today. And then I just won't eat. And you can't not eat, especially when I'm on medication, I have to eat, but also you can't not eat. It's not always healthy to just not eat because you don't want to deal with it. But you just go, I don't want to eat something I, I will I will regret. And then I don't want to get mad at myself. And then I don't want to, whatever your druthers is of an eating disorder, I don't want to have the repercussions of feeling this badly about myself this early in the morning. I will stay in the fucking bed. So I appreciate Jackie for making some kind of, you know, reference to these things. But... Jillian can kiss my ass and Marge means well. She loves Jackie and I think she just needed to know. And I love that she's open to these things. That's why Marge is like the perfect housewife. I love her. But Jennifer, don't get in the middle of these sisters-in-law's fights, okay? Just be happy to Lisa Teresa left with you from the restaurant and keep it fucking pushing. But I did love how Melissa demanded an apology from Teresa. And she was like, I didn't like that you called me angry. So say sorry. She goes, I'm sorry. All right. Love you, bitch. I just love that. I love their dynamic. I think Teresa's finally realizing that Melissa and Joey are on her side. Once you get Joe Judice out the picture, things start going up, I see. 
Um, and I love that even watch what happens live, you know, Teresa's the one that texted Melissa the picture and the video of Joe dancing with these girls in Mexico. So I'm really liking the way that they have a camaraderie and I enjoy that Teresa decided to stay with Melissa and Marge and Jackie. And I kind of like that click going to dinner. I enjoyed their conversation and I, there was no drama, but it was still entertaining and it was a, a good break, you know? And now I get into Marge and her mom. I feel for Marge because we will not know everything that they went through, but what we are seeing is what is the humanity of both parents and kids and how parents make mistakes, no matter how hard they try and how much love is in their heart. And when they think they're doing the right thing, kids come into the world not knowing what to expect or what they even want or need until they don't get it. They don't really know how to vocalize what they want as kids. They just know the disappointment they feel later. And it's like parents can't, I mean, we as humans can't really operate unless you tell us what we, what you need. So we think we're doing everything is fine, but we're seeing a lot of things of Marge in her later years of what she felt in her childhood years. And I think it's beautiful that her mom is open to it. I think Marge is dealing with a lot of pain where she feels like the anxiety of having to take care of her mother. But now she said to do it all her life, it seems, and take care of herself too. And her mom thinks that all she needs is Marge to be successful, independent, and happy, and that she's good. But Marge is like, but I still want emotional things from you. I still want support and love from you. Even though, because she's still coming from that kid place and her mom is still coming from that I must set you up for the world place. But the job is never done. And we harp on the things we need from them and don't get so much of our adult lives. And we choose whether we can live without it. We beg for it or if it's an, or if we need to push them away, we do that. But we choose to do what we have with this information and go, I think I want more from you or I don't want any of this or you need to know how I feel. But by then, you know, they're old. And I just felt bad that the mom was crying, but March felt pain. And I think they're going to really work it out. She said on Watch What Happens Live also that they're great now, which is great for me. Um, and she just she just wants her mom. And I don't think it's enough for them to not have a relationship. You know, her, her mom was very open. And parents, you know, they think their kids being okay and independent is all that matters. But kids just sometimes want their parents. And I think that that is something we're seeing with them. And I I love it. And I love the openness of Marge. And this was just a really good episode overall. I do think it was right for Jennifer to leave and it was good for Jackie not to kick her out. And I like this episode. It was well constructed. I'll get into ratings later. Um, but it was, it was very well constructed and I'm very proud of them, if that makes sense. Like Jersey sometimes struggles in the ratings department and I'm just I'm very happy that they're making it work. And yeah, good for Jersey. All right, moving on to Vanderpump Rules. Moving on to Vanderpump Rules. I mean, this was an okay episode. I I live tweeted it and probably said everything I ever felt like saying on live, within live tweeting and, you know, just posting to stories on Instagram. But we'll we'll go over a few things. This this Tom and Stassi fight that continues, I felt annoyed that it's still on. And now it really makes me feel like I'm grasping at straws here and that this show is grasping at straws. I put on my, you know, story that um the ladies of Bitch Sess had oh God, Bitch Sesh had 
a gentleman on there who was also like a fellow actor or whatever. And he happened to be at the taping of this episode, the book signing, and basically said it that it is it was redone four to five times um, that it kept going and they kept reshooting and starting over and being like, hey, guys, we need to get a new angle. Hey, we need this. Um, And so that kind of is why it felt like they went from zero to 60 in eight seconds because they did. But really, it's because the more they kept fighting about it and the more they kept reshooting it, the more riled up they got. So that's why it seemed to be. And that's also why it seemed that Tom and Tom had like no real argument there, which is a point that I've made before. It's because, you know, we so much has been cut out and redone and it just seemed like there was nothing there. And actually, um, Anthony and I get into a great discussion. He has some tea about a particular housewife that loves to yell some things and do some stuff in order to get things cut out of a scene and to make it so that she gets to reshoot over and over again. And uh, I think it's going to open up some some minds and uh, clear some skies up for people as to what's going on. So with Back to Vanderpump Rules, it just seemed like the first time it was, okay, this is a fight to, to look at, but also why are we yelling so intensely already? How dare he what? Like what's happening? And then this episode, I'm like, this is pointless at this point. They're pretty much the same person. And you could fight me on that, but you also would not win because you cannot convince me that Tom and Stassi's egos are not the same at this point. They both want so greatly to be right in this situation. They are the kind of people that have to explain their apologies. And I hate that about anyone. Um, And we saw her do it to Katie back in the day when she just cut her out of her life for no reason, you know, until she basically had to be humbled and knocked down six pegs and then brought back up to now. But that's just how they are as individuals. And it seems like they are more similar than anything else. And, you know, Tom's explaining his apologies of like why he did what he did or why he said it. And so I was just like, okay, just tell me that you're sorry. Like, you're sorry, right? And and he's like, Stassi loves a good apology, which she does. Even if he's wrong or right or whatever, she loves it when people have to beg for her forgiveness and be brought down a peg. But so she needs that in her life as well. So it just seemed like their arguments at that point were the same. And they were acting so incredibly the same that it made me laugh. And I'm like, we could have moved past this last episode. This did not need to be brought into this one. And it certainly did not need to continue on to Ariana. That's for sure to me. Like, it just seems weird at that point where Ariana was, you know, nitpicking that she didn't see the book in the store. Maybe she didn't see it. Maybe she was being shady. Maybe Stassi really did bring a book in her bag. I don't know. I'm not mad at it. You know, support yourself, promote yourself. That's what we all should be doing. That's what, you know, housewives do to us every single week is push every product that they've ever even thought about investing in on us. Like, I, so what? Like every MLM, like, I just realized that, um, what's her name? Ramona on New York actually started like a mini multi-level marketing or pyramid scheme, whatever you want to call it. I don't care. I mean, it's up to you. But she started one on New York with her True Faith jewelry. 
in a way, she was like, we saw it as a great business opportunity to like let women have, you know, invite other women over and sell some wine or have wine and sell jewelry and like get other people involved in the business. And I'm like, 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 like Tupperware parties, like container parties, like basically that's the basis of what so many of the, this entire um, kind of business is. And that's just so funny that Ramona thought that, you know, she could be like the next Mary Kay in like the biggest, you know, multi-level marketing company ever. I mean, she never said that, but it just made me laugh that she was like, it's going to be like so great. People come over and they, they have wine and they show jewelry and they buy jewelry and then they like all get their friends involved. And I'm like, sweetie, you are not Mary Kay. You are not Avon. This is not what this is. Like it was true faith jewelry. And I don't know what we're doing with that now, but is it is it gone? I, I'd imagine it's gone because Mario's gone. I don't know. I don't know. But at the same time, I'm here for promoting yourself to the highest high of heights if that's what you got to do. So if Ramona can do it to us and every other housewife can do it to us, Stassi can bring her own damn book and put the book in the front. She she brought that book. Let's just let's just be clear. She most definitely brought that book with her. Um, is it shady of Ariana? You know, I've seen it in my bookstore. I haven't seen that many, but I've seen them in a, a decent place. So she's fine. And maybe Ariana was shady because, you know, you yelled at a man in front of his entire bar um, and customers. And I love that Bo was sticking up for Stassi. Like, they're her customers. But I'm also like, Bo is secretly messy. Like, I, I think something we're going to see sides of some of these people that we've never seen. Thanks to my girl at Oh No Bravo on Instagram. She's already said that Brittany is going to get a bad edit this this season. Everyone's due for one. This is her time. I think we're starting to see it. She is coming off incredibly bridezilla-y. Her and Jax are literally a match made in heaven. So maybe she should do it. And even though I agreed with the bar who was, you know, had the sign of don't do it, Brittany, I agree. Don't do it because putting your name on the same paper as this man is just, oh, that's bound to lead you down a troubled path later. But maybe they should do it because, I mean, they did it. We know that. But they're really similar in people. Like, they're similar kinds of people, which is so funny because so many people on this show are narcissistic, egotistical, think that they're the hottest shit on the planet. New money, I get a very big Gatsby style of like, we don't really know where the money's coming from, but it's coming in. Like, we know it comes from the show and stuff, but like they're living greater than the means we know they've secured, not just accrued or earned, but like secured. Like, what is this going to look like long term? What are these mortgage payments in 10 years? Because I'm not watching Vanderpump Rules for 10 years. I'm barely watching it for 10 more weeks. It's It's not the best. I mean... The ladies over at Real Moms of Bravo were like, because, <laughs> you know, they're moms and they do Bravo. And it's actually really funny to hear like them kind of intertwine their personal life and family anecdotes with this shit. But like they put Vanderpump Rules on timeout warning. They were like, get it together or you're going in the corner. Like you're going to take. Well, see, as a teacher, we don't really get to use the words timeout depending on what school or whatever you're in or how your environment is. So we don't use that at any of the places I've worked. It's always been a time to think. And I, too, think it is time for a pump rules entered into an isolated area in the room and thought like. I don't know what their end game is, at least for this um 
season, but it does seem like we're stretching things. It absolutely seems like we are stretching things beyond where they need to be. And I I don't know where we go from here. You know, like this whole episode was okay. It was not groundbreaking. It wanted to be. And last episode, even with the fight between Tom and Stassi, I think maybe is it is it that I'm getting spoiled with knowing that do I know too much? Do I need to know that they've been redone and redone and redone these scenes? And so now it doesn't hit or bite the same way because I'm getting a Beverly Hills vibe. Like, that's what it feels like. It feels like Beverly Hills who overhypes, they tell us so much is going to happen. And then it kind of, it's a little underwhelming, but it could have been better if I knew, you know, if I knew nothing, but with Vanderpump Rules, it just feels like there's nothing really happening. And they want us to think something big is happening because this is not where they're comfortable sharing. They no longer are these gritty waiters and waitresses who are giving us their all because they're fighting for checks and screen time and money. And they're chasing after other dreams of being model, actress, whatever, singer. But now they're comfortable with the role that they have. So they're like, we're just going to be this and people are still going to find us interesting. And I'm just like, that's actually not true. Like, you are dispensable. You're not a proprietary object. Like, we could get another one of at least Lala in a minute. We could also find another basic white blonde girl who, you know, says the things Stassi says and will capitalize off of it. Is she smart to do so? Yes, very. But is it proprietary? No, there are others. She can also, you know, go... Sheena, I think, is one of a kind, and I don't know if we'll find many like Sheena, because what the hell is Sheena? She's not thirsty for fame as much as she is attention, but also very few people go about getting attention this way. And I think that deserves some of our respect, but also I want to have a conversation. Instead of putting just Vanderpump rules on um, timeout, I honestly challenge you, Ramam Bravo, Abby, and Vanessa, what about maybe we put all of Evolution Media on timeout? Because let me just tell you what they're in part of, what they're, you know, in charge of. Sweet Home Oklahoma, which I loved and I'm sad that it, you know, went away. I thought that it would probably do pretty well. So to see them not put enough in that was a little annoying. They did Sweet Home Oklahoma, Real Housewives of Orange County, and we see how that's going. It's gone pretty downhill, and we have a lot of shaking up and revamping to do. Housewives of Beverly Hills, that was overdone and way too much. And they let these people have way too much say in their production and their editing. Sorry, guys, I just started school and working and it is very tiring just to even watch these shows and then talk to you. But it's it needs to be done. Like this is this is like really important news and information that you need. So so with Vanderpump Rules and OC and Beverly Hills, all of them have that one thing in common where they're doing too much and trying too hard and it's not working. So it's more so do we put the entire production company on ice and send them all to the chair, to the little corner, the window nook to take a time to think? Because I'm thinking that we do. And with that being said, Brittany, 
is not where you want to go as your focal point this season. I'm sorry. Like, though she's going to get a bad edit, you, it's making me feel like I'm going to have to actually spend so much of this season preparing and focusing on Jackson Brittany's wedding. And that's just not one I want to see like that. It's, uh, we saw all of it on Instagram. Shep was able to post everything for some reason. And so I really don't care about really even what, even what leads up to it. I don't care. So it's like, then what do we put out on Vanderpump Rules that makes it watchable again? Because obviously they're not all struggling actors and models and actresses and singers. They're obviously not all kissing Lisa's ass because they need this job and telling Diana to suck a dick. And it's no longer riveting for them to have these groundbreaking departures from this restaurant because now it just feels like a carousel and a roller coaster of fire higher, fire higher. And me and Anthony get into a little bit of why Vanderpump Rules is like not working per se. But all I'll say is to get back to the plot, Brittany is the last person I want to be the anchor of an entire episode. And I, for some reason, her trying to defend Jax while drunk, you know, and be like, they're telling me not to do it. And um, I just, I can't even do that. I just, I can't even play this game because I'm just like, Kristen just wanted to stir the pot because she wanted somebody on her side. And I understand that. Yes, Kristen, you are messy as fuck for that. But also... <laughs> Brittany fell for it and that's the problem and that's how she fell for Jax okay Lala is making more sense Ariana is like girl they said this last week to somebody else Lala's like I think it was a joke sweetie you're at a bachelorette party they're gonna tell everyone don't do it it's not a big deal um it was never a big deal my face was totally saucy's in that corner she was just like yikes this is so stupid and I that was me I was that and I think Brittany just feels so downright insecure about her place with Jax. I mean, it's why they're having a joint bachelor bat- batch bachelorette party. Um, Sheena and Shay did it, but that was because I think Shay had all the same friends Sheena had. And also it was on the show. But Jax and Brittany, she's 100% doing that because she is not secure in her relationship. So put the two together. And I'm just like, we can feel your insecurity from the like from the screen. And it's making me sweat. So I know it's got to be making you sweat. The way Jax came in with those half-ass eating pizzas and those wings that were bare, and he left the wings in the box. You just disgusting piece of shit. On and off screen, he's just the worst kind of person. And the way she goes to him, honey, I I cry. We stormed out of a club because I thought they were making fun of you. They were disrespecting you. And she like pounced in front of him. Like, did I do a good job today, daddy? Like, did I do a good job? Are you proud of me? Like, I I didn't leave you today. Are are you proud? Like, I I feel like she has Stockholm syndrome or something. Like, who cares if if these people were disrespecting this man? Not to mention, as many people have said, you can't expect us to give up on, you know, hating him just because you decided to marry him and you decided to get over the fact that he's an asshole because he's still an asshole he's literally lying to you about a strip club when we have the footage and we see it on tv and it's pointless she let you go to this strip club who cares and she didn't even believe the lie she literally said to him that's what every man says when they go to a strip club is they didn't do anything didn't have fun didn't let anybody touch them sure like keep it bruh but what was the purpose of that like he's literally so pathological he does it just to breathe. Like he does, he believes his own lies at this point. So he's just a, he's a bad man, man. And he's like getting 
over, he's getting mad at people for calling him out online when we see it on television. And Andy even asked, you know, Ariana, like on Watch What Happens Live, why does he do that? Like he knows we're going to show it. And we're going to montage it and make it look like he's lying because you're just stupid at that point. Like, why? What is the purpose of that? So I just want I want there to be a redeeming quality in Jax. I haven't found it yet. Maybe y'all can let me know what it is because now I'm losing the same ones for Britney as well. So, oh, and that is it for Vanderpump Rules. I'm about to get into, you know, all the hot tea and hot goss of Bravo and everything in between what's happening. We try to make sense of some of the scandals of Bravo in the last few months because it seems like they're coming one after the other. It really does seem like they're coming so quickly behind each other. And I would like to know why we get me and Anthony talk that out and we talk about this OC drama. I'm hearing Below Deck has already filmed their reunion. So that's great. I'm sure people are very excited. I'll watch. This season has been just like, ugh, I've not been as angry as everyone else because I don't know what I expect, but it was pretty much this is what I expected. So that's that on that. Um, people are very excited about that. We still don't really know about Shannon and her contracts. I don't think we know much about anybody's contracts other than we know for a fact Kelly and Bronwyn have shot shots. Bronwyn has moved to the same neighborhood as Shannon, so there's a likelihood Shannon will be on there. And I've heard that Tamra basically denied $20,000 allegedly for three episode arc to kind of close out her story and be like 60k would be the total payout for her to tell her story kind of close that out on this 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 upcoming season of OC all alleged but that is what I have heard you know that she turned down um which granted she was making around almost a million a year for this show and if she's making that and going to 60K, I can see how that's a big pay cut, but at least they're paying you something to kind of wrap it up how you want it to be wrapped up, which is what I think they were trying to do for Vicky. But the girls had just had so many different plans where they wanted to just invite her to every goddamn thing that did not need her. And because the ending, the final episode was her wedding or her um, engagement party. That's that's basically your own wrap up. Like you're happy, your love tank. And me and Anthony talk about that too, but like, I'll just get into that and stop repeating myself and stop promoting me and Anthony's conversation and just give it to y'all. So you don't have to read a comment of how, or you don't have to write a comment about how all I do is tell you about what's happening and then I don't tell you what happened. So there you go. I'm doing better at putting highlights in my stories. So they're there now for all the things people ask me or that I say I'm going to highlight. And now I'm just going to not make promises anymore that I can't keep. So without further ado, my conversation with Anthony Lario is coming right up next. Thank you for listening. Enjoy. We had a great time. All right, guys, as promised, I am blessed to have Anthony Lario from the hit podcast, Tony's Tea Corner, from Instagram, from now what's going to end up being like Grammys season 67, 72, whatever. Like literally he will be all over everything very soon. So you might as well just get hip to him now. Thank you so much for coming on, Anthony. I'm so happy to have you back on. Mixing it, baby. I'm so happy when you, whenever you have me on and you know, we talk all the time, but like this is the first time we're like listening to each other and I love your raspy voice and we're going to get into it. <laughs> Thank you so much. I literally, I want to say like 
So I, like I said on my podcast a couple of weeks ago, I just found out that I have Graves disease and that's like one of the reasons. Amani, you're totally cutting out. My voice gets so horrible. Oh no. Now you're back. Now you're back. <laughs> oh my God. As soon as you say, oh no, it's like, <laughs> it's like you're back. Can you hear me now? Yeah, wait, so tell me more about this disease. Yeah, so I have Graves disease, and I was literally, um, I found out that it's like one of the reasons why my voice gets so hoarse all the time. Mm -hmm. And I asked my endocrinologist, I was like, so not to be shallow, but it doesn't go away, does it? Like, I get to keep the raspy voice. And she was like, (laughs) she was like, I mean... You know, there will be problems with your thyroid forever. And I was like, okay, great. Like, I'm not going to die and I get to keep my raspy voice. That's all that really matters. Yeah. So everything's under control and now I still sound interesting. No, I love it. I think that, you know, your voice is, my voice has gotten raspier over the years. And I think it's talk so much. But Right. You know, I love it. But I listen to, it's affected my singing voice, but I think positively. No, yeah, I love your singing voice. You have new songs and things like music is being made and if anyone does not follow you know anthony's instagram you have to he does these amazing covers and some original songs and plays the piano and sings this lovely ballads and it's like one of the few things that kind of brighten up my feed especially since i follow like so much bravo so it's so much negativity Aww. all the time and then you just see anthony's cute face and he's just singing Aww. to you and i'm just like oh this is much better. Babe, thank you. And you know what? I, I really appreciate that. But to be honest, like I've gotten so away because I work for so many of these people that I've gotten away from talking about them. So now I'm excited to just start talking about them again with you. I know. And I can't wait <laughs> to have you on. Like literally, guys. So we're going to talk the OC cash shakeup because I think that needs to be a segment mm-hmm. in its own right. We have been begging, praying, hoping, rioting for these things. Uh-huh. And Anthony was like the first person that reached out to me that I talked to about this. We were freaking out. So as you all know by now, Tamara Judge, is that it? Or is it Barney? It's both. Whatever. Tamara's gone. Tamara has left the building and been exterminated. And so has Vicky Bumvelson. Yes, Bumvelson. Mm -hmm. She's gone too. And I I could not be happier. I, I really couldn't. I can watch OC again. I know, but you know what? You want to know something funny? For years, I've been wanting Tamara off the show. For years. Like, I've been saying it uh, probably since, like, 2012. I've been like, she needs to get off the show. She holds it hostage. Every time there's a new housewife, she fucks with them. She holds storylines hostage. She halts production. And when it happened, I was so happy at first and then I kind of felt empty after. And I was like, oh, no, oh gosh. this is really happening. Like, this is weird. Because because as much as we like, like to say, you know, this is just a TV show. Of course, it's just a TV show. But we've grown up while watching these ladies. And when we have certain things that happen to us in our lives, they sometimes correlate. And we have been with her for a long time. I mean, we have, and it does, it's like one of those things that you pray for it for so long. You will for it for so long. And when it finally happens, you're just like, mm-hmm. okay, so now what? Yeah, like, now what? What do what? we do now? Like, what else does this look like? Like, what is our, 
our life going to be? What is OC going to be? Because we have literally known her and Vicky for 14, between 12 and 14 seasons. So we yeah. don't really know what this looks like without either of them. But we knew no. that it's something that we wanted. And now, I don't know what is the future holds because I don't know if we are going to get better or if it's going to take an adjustment period. But also, do you think there's room for an adjustment period? Like, I mean, every good cast needs a little bit of room to breathe. If this was a new show, you know, and they was a cast shakeup, we would say give the, the cast one or two seasons to kind of mesh. Mm-hmm. But do mm-hmm. we have that kind of time? Well, here's the thing. I think it's going to be a different show. Um, I I don't think Shannon's going to be back full time. I think Shannon's going to be friend of. I don't either. And I've said that plenty of times that she yeah. needed to be a friend of. I think that it's going to be her season to kind of mesh with these new people. I think it's going to be kind of like when that cash shakeup happened in New York and Luann was demoted to friend of for a season. Um, yeah, but I said those were the years that I had a, a trouble remembering. Oh, yeah. Like, we Luanne did. I put it in my stories, everyone. We did a, a name the first 100 Housewives quiz, and Anthony and I were like t- texting back and forth, like, "What's that one from that one thing?" And the yeah, ones that we had the I had the most trouble remembering were New York. Yeah, me it too. It was Jules and Kristen Takeman, and I even forgot Carol for a second. I was like, yeah. "Who is on New York?" Like, Rest in peace, by the way. Carol honestly, was one of my favorites of all time. Oh, I know, and I hear that we're gonna get the trailer in a, in like a week oh we probably will yeah a lot of people are saying that next week is the trailer so by the time this comes out like it's going to be a countdown which is fantastic but yeah. and, and i miss them but i mean new york was the one i had the most trouble remembering because the staples for most people to remember are sonia ramona bethany luann like that's yeah. just like the core concept to me yeah, i even forgot part. jill for a second yeah if you had just sonia ramona Bethany, um, Luann, and yeah, and just that, like those core people. And my dream cast would be them. And if you brought back Jill, and it was kind of like the OG type thing. But but oh, some forget lit. she came in season thir- three. I know. I, yeah. I was thinking that I was like, Sonia feels like she. It, it, I almost I don't know in New York without her. But yeah. then that's kind of the same point. It's like. I as much as I can't stand her, I don't know an OC really without Tamra because even though no. I know she got there later and we had an OC without Tamra, there was a it was a totally different OC and a lot of the seasons that I do like she was a part of, so it's going to be tricky trying to like pull that tumor mm-hmm. out of those body parts there and yep. to save this body. I think that people think that New York, I mean, I rarely agree with Vicky, but I do agree with her in her fight with Ramona about like who put housewives on the mat because when season three of Orange County came out, New York wasn't even there yet. Same with season four. So this show, Orange County start was, was the first, but when Tamara came into the show, that's when drama started happening on the show. Yeah, and started- she does. And she drama. said that at BravoCon, you yeah. know, I, I think that the moderators did the best they could, but I think they should have gotten podcasters or something to moder- moderate a lot of those panels because they would have asked the questions that people really wanted to know. And Tamara said something like, you know, I do my job. Like, granted, we know that they all kind of get their own edits and they kind of get yeah. casted into these characters and she's the pot stirrer. But, like, she does do her job. Like, we hate her for it because she does. Like, I, I, was, I've, I haven't been a fan since Naked Wasted. I don't 
like that, that was a really bad time to me for um, Housewives. We weren't even at that place, like, no. in society yet. So, no, and I just had really an issue problematic it was happen. so stupid. I was just like, this is just not normal. And her son, like the way she was like pimping out her son during that scene, I was just like, it was weird. I hated it. And then moving on from then to like the way she handles Ryan in general mm-hmm. over the years and how she never gave up the show for her daughter. I just was like, Tamara needs to go. If she's not going to do it for her own good, like we need to just get rid of her. But yeah. at the point now, it's like, it's not even a matter of who's going to stir the pot. It's going to be like, what is in the pot to stir? Because uh-huh. yes, we know Kelly will make problems with anyone, but but that doesn't make it organic. Like the Vicky and the Kelly drama was organic. The yes, problem was, was Vicky real. kept seasoning it like over yes. and over again. It was just like overdone this past season. I think that they don't know this like housewives, but there doesn't need to be constant conflict. Like I like a fight and a makeup. Like, I want to know right. how you move on from it. I mean, that is one thing I did appreciate about Vicky and Tamara was that they were always fighting and making up. They yeah, were- no, I love that. They were funny together. It's just, especially this past season, they held the show completely hostage. Yeah, and they did too much. And Shannon. they gave Vicky way too much leeway, way too much, you know, room to do whatever she wanted. And I'm like, you guys cannot do that. And- What's so funny is people are so up in arms about how the show and how Vicky was at the reunion and stuff. Like, well, she did build the show. I'm like, you do have to remember, this is still a job. Yep. And this is still her job. And you yep. cannot tell your boss, I, you, I made you. You cannot yep. demand to be at work and demand your full everything while you're suing them. Mm-hmm. She sued her own company, like her own. You can't bite the hand that feeds you. No. Like, oh. Vicky did her own demise. Like, what else were they supposed to do? You tried to sue them. Well, here's what I would have done differently. And I think a lot of people don't know this, but Andy doesn't do casting. Yeah, I don't know why people don't. So he said this like a million times. Yeah, Andy used to. He used to cast. Way back in the day, he used to cast. And I think the only show that he still has some pull in is Atlanta. Um, Because I think that he's still actually official executive producer on that. Um, yes, but he, he does not, executive produce some things that people, if people don't know, he used to be like VP of casting or something. And now he's like VP of original programming or something like that. Like he does something way bigger, way better, but he doesn't have a direct hand in the lives and the contracts of these ladies. And I think that's because he's so deeply involved with all of them now. I do, Yeah, for sure. And so that's why whenever I see these memes, I get so frustrated when people are like, oh, Andy like made sure she was fired or like Andy, uh, you know, getting ready to fire Leanne. I'm like, Andy does not do this. He's a talk show host. Like, Not to mention... He is, first of all, he's talent now. Like, he is the talent. Mm -hmm. He is the face of Bravo. And he does things on a scale a little bit greater. Like, people don't realize that casting is not the end-all, be-all of what makes the show. Like, it is a major component, sure. But, like, he does things, like, they make decisions and bring it to him. Yeah. Like, here's the decision we made. (laughs) Not, hey, Andy, we need you to make it. That would mean that basically there were people over him telling him, you need to make a decision, get back to me immediately, and I'll let you know what I think. No, yes. they're doing that now and giving it to him. Like, these are the things we want to do. These are the decisions that we made. And he's like, okay, 
this is cool or this yeah. this will this will work and stuff like that. But like people often think- don't realize the dichotomy of like Bravo does not film these shows. Production companies film these shows. Right. You it's have- the reason why Oops. Dallas was so different and weird its first season. It was yeah. not a housewife show. They bought yeah. it. Yeah, they bought it and made it a housewife show. So people don't realize that it's not like Bravo, get your cameras in there. It's Evolution Media, get your cameras in there. Sirens Media. I mean, this is all the behind the scenes dichotomy of these shows. So with casting, these producers from the production company outsource and they hire people to do casting. Right, there's a casting call going on in Dallas right now. Yeah, so they hire an outside casting agent to come in, work with the producers, figure out what they're looking for, and then present them with options. Now, of course, if a cast member knows somebody, then they get first dibs and stuff like that. But, like, you know, for I know Real Housewives of New Jersey, all the time it's casting call. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to add somebody. They're just always looking for people. Interesting. Yep. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. I, that actually leads me to my next thing about this. Suppose it. So we have two housewives out, and we think Shannon's going to be friend up, which means there's room for at least two, if not three, housewives. And if Shannon does get friend of, which I think she'll take, we. I'm trying to figure out who exactly which friend of she's going to be. Mm-hmm. Because with all the Trace Amigas, her place is a little bit more shoddy. I think what they're going to do is make it Bronwyn. Because yeah. Bronwyn moved like down the street from Shannon. Me and too. I think that that's what they're going to they, They're sharing closet organizers or something right now. Yeah. Like this organization company. And, and they are on each other's stories. But the very first people that got to film were Kelly and Bronwyn. So I know they're going to make that like a new unit and i actually like them too with with emily i think emily is quick quick fire quick witted really shown herself to be a major clapback queen i love her i just think that emily is such a bright light along with bronwyn as well and i think that they are rare in the way that they're um they can be dramatic and polarizing but they're not dark like it's not like right like the Gina thing, and it makes me depressed. And Which like, I don't sucks. know what we're going to do with Gina. Because um, she is dark and depressing. And, friend of too. and you know what's so funny is that she kind of has to be, in my opinion, because she can't film anything that would make you a full-time housewife. No. Like, she can't no. film her ex. She can't talk about him. She can't talk about that case. She can't talk about him getting fired. And she, she can't, can't talk about her kids. Or her kids. So then what are we looking at? An empty casita? Yeah. Now she moved in with his boyfriend, so it's like, does he want to film? Like, I don't know. Which I doubt. He's going to play that whole, like, I didn't really watch, or I didn't know her that well, or I don't want to be a part of this. And then when he comes off awkward, they're going to be like, we don't think he likes you. She goes, no, he's just really uncomfortable on camera. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like exactly. that's <laughs> the amount of times you've heard that on Bravo. We could do a montage. Like yeah. Bravo loves doing those. Mo- we could do one of how many times someone is quote unquote uncomfortable on camera. I know. Wait, listen. I I can vouch that I filmed a little bit for New York, and when it like I'm a very outgoing person and and stuff like that. But there is something about when those cameras go up and you're mic'd and like. 
I don't think people realize this, but like, even if you're just filming in your house, they put up professional lighting that is really bright and it's like in your face and they like tape it to the walls of your room. And, and so like, even if you're just trying to do something normal, like making a sandwich, you feel like you're in a studio because of how bright these fucking lights are. Oh yeah. So, it is extremely uncomfortable. So you do like, you have to be a very specific type of person to be, I guess, made for these shows. No, I get that. I did a, um, I've, it's a bonus episode on my podcast and my Patreon now, but I did a, um, a taping or a filming of an episode for House of the Potomac and mm, it yeah. is organic. It's not scripted like people think, but they definitely follow you like a puppy. Like, hey, oh, we yeah. need to talk over here. Oh, can, oh, you're getting up to go to the bar? We'll come. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like a three-year-old who like won't leave their parents alone and yes. they do kind of have you sit down and talk and all that stuff. But they, I can vouch at least for my show, which is maybe why I love Potomac so much. There was not a single script. There was no producer telling them what to say. They literally were just following them around and making them like talk about whatever was happening. Yeah. But then, I mean, and that was comforting for me to see because so often we hear that things are reshot and over edited and, and, and stuff like that. And I was there four hours and they didn't over edit. They didn't re edit anything. They didn't yeah. reshoot anything, which is like says something to the controversy that's been surrounding Vanderpump Rules that they constantly are re-editing, like even months and months later, reshooting that fight between Tom and Stassi. Like it's a it's a hot mess over there. Well, what happens sometimes, and and this seems to happen with Evolution Media a lot. And my opinion is so Evolution does Vanderpump Rules, Beverly Hills, and Orange County, and mm-hmm. they have too much at one time. They're, there's, they're, I think they're doing too much. And I think that they're probably really talented and, and, and really good because we have seen some good shows out of them. But mm-hmm. what often happens is like it's very simple things like audio will be mismatched or like mics will go out and stuff like that. And they have to go back and reshoot. And it's in their contracts that they have to go back and reshoot. So there's a specific like two month window after it's done being filmed and before the trailer is released that they do reshoots. And so they reshoot like a lot of things, but it doesn't necessarily get used. That's so crazy to me. I mean, and it, I get it from a filming and production standpoint. And we all knew that none of this stuff was like 100% real and not produced and all that stuff. But yeah. it's always just so hard to tell the, not the fake from the real, because, but I've heard Housewives be like, you know what, you show up, you do the best you can, and sometimes you just get edited into these quote-unquote characters, and you kind of just have to play into it at some point because otherwise you don't have a job. But like you try to be multidimensional, and they don't give you that all the time. And yeah. it, as the the person who said this to me, I believe was trying to make me feel some kind of sympathy towards Tamra. And I'm like, but just all due respect, I've seen her now for 13 seasons. If they wanted yes. to give her multiple multiple dimensions, they would have. Yeah, if they, she had uh, that many, yeah. we would have seen it. If she had that many layers, they would have been peeled back. I mean, here's the thing. They can't edit what you can't say. So, so, or can't edit what you don't say. Exactly. So if you're not saying something, then like, like, and, and also I know a very, I know a specific housewife that if she wants something taken out of the show, she will yell camera, 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 camera over and over and over again. And if she doesn't want that scene and she'll just keep yelling camera, camera, camera. So they tell us what what coast they're on, west or east. Yeah, the west coast. Okay. 
just like, don't breathe if it's Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Kyle, don't worry. Damn it. Uh, yeah. So, oh, she's actually former now. I forgot. All right. So um, we uh, could talk, technically we could talk about them. Yeah, yeah. There is former. I don't even know why I'm holding it back. It's Vicky. She no, would do, well, there you she, go. She would scream camera, camera, camera. And so that's why a lot of the times when you see Vicky's scenes that they cut, like her screaming scenes almost seem like a montage because they're like dis, they're like jumbled together because they have to remove the audio of her saying camera. That's why that's she feels like she's just going to like a 10 in 10 seconds. Like, have you noticed if you go look at the multiple, I've never had multiple partners in my life scene. Mm -hmm. There's so many cuts in one take, it looks like, and her arms are up, they're down. She's standing over there, now she's standing over here. There's so much in between that she was trying to get rid of. That's ridiculous. And I think that kind of aids to why Vicky had to go. Like, she was hard to work with. By the allegedly. way, so everything's oh. alleged, guys. Like, you know, don't even everything's alleged, even though it's true, but it's also alleged. It's That's true alleged. allegations. Yep. <laughs> it's yep. fact based allegations. Um, yep. But with Vicky, she just always, always seemed hard to work with. And it just seemed like producers just got fed up. Like, at a certain point, you can't demand so much and then get mad when no one gives you your demands or don't yeah. even meet your demands to where you want to be and i never forget when she sent herself those flowers from evolution media allegedly and was like yeah. i'm no one's friend of they sent me flowers to clear this up and everything i'm like well they didn't clear it up yeah so, they didn't clear it up here's it, in my up. opinion in my opinion this is where production went wrong so this is like my fantasy of what they should have done okay Mm -hmm. they, they should have this past season made um, Vicky full time. This just should have been her last full time season. They should have ended it with her, you know, driving off like they did. That that's how they ended it. I mean, they did her a service as friend of. And I think what they were trying to do was just completely wrap up her story. Her whole story. It actually is kind of a beautiful arc. It's. She wanted her love tank filled. She had a divorce. She tried getting it filled. It didn't work. And now she finally did it, apparently. Eh, allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. I still have very so, strong theories that she doesn't like him and he doesn't like her. Oh, yeah, of course. They're not in love. She just doesn't want to be lonely. But when they, they filmed her driving off in that car, that should have been the end. Then I wish that they had... I mean, I loved the drama at the reunion, but I would have much preferred to have a clean ending with Vicky, gotten rid of her. That was her last season, but they should have talked about it behind the scenes and said, this is gonna be your last season, make a graceful exit so that you can start your podcast. Then what they should have done was not even addressed Tamara, okay? Not have her back this season, but then pull what they did with Jacqueline in season six of New Jersey, which was they had a whole episode entitled The Day of Jacqueline. She was not a full-time cast member. Mm -hmm. She wasn't even a friend of There was just one episode called The Bay of Jacqueline in season six, and it was checking in on Jacqueline. They should have done that with Tamara. I like that. I just think that we've gotten so far from what Housewives used to be for all of yep. them. Like, first of all, like, taglines weren't even this big of a deal back no. in the day. It used to literally be like, I don't know whose it was, where it was like, 
you know, I like making my own money. It's an aphrodisiac. I think it yeah. was Ramona. Yeah, that was that was Ramona. It, it, it's like they just took little screen grabs from the from the things that they said while filming and made them like here's a little peek into how crazy they are when they talk. It wasn't this whole production of like I think Atlanta was the first one like maybe a season or two ago where they had this elaborate photo yeah. shoot to announce their coming back. I think it actually might be this season. It's the gray like those stone this gray dresses. The all black. And it looks it's beautiful, amazing. but they're just like we are here. And I'm just like, I mean, I love it. But then it also, to me, gives so much hype and leaves way too much to be desired. Yeah. Like, I 100%. liked it better. I And I've discussed this theory with a lot of people on my Instagram. So that's why people have to follow me and DM me because I answer everyone. But I've discussed this. I don't think Beverly Hills would have been that bad if they did not tell us how good it was going to be. Yes. I and agree. if they didn't go, it's going to be two seasons in one and it's so major. And we have, so we're, we're, we're going to stand strong. Like we're, we're, we caught her and we are getting rid of her. Like if they didn't make such a big production of yep. self righteousness and everything and what happened with Lisa, I would have loved the shock of Lisa coming, uh, like going, being there one day and never coming back. Yeah. Me that too. would have been epic. Me too. And that's happened before on Housewives shows. People Dina. try to act like that's never happened. They Dina shouldn't have made just it. like up and stopped. Yeah, Dina left <laughs> mid-season. Dina got up her season two in New Jersey. She had that one fight with Danielle and she said, I'm not coming back. She they did the done. same thing with Gina Keogh did that too. Gina Keogh, her Adrian fourth... Malouf. Yeah, she Adrian. didn't come to the reunion. Yeah. I love that agency because they did not care. And I guess I've heard that they get like certain amounts of money, allegedly, like if they up front versus when they finished out the season to reunion. And yeah. like if they get to reunion, then they get their full check. If they don't, they get to like half of it, even though they film the whole thing or something like that. All alleged. But really, also, these <coughs> women are so rich, they don't care. Like no. Lisa Vanderpump is not crying over $200,000. Like she's just not. No. I am, so, though. I mean, I would love it. I'll take, I'll take it. it. I'll sit in her I'll spot. Sit in her spot. Yeah. You no, know, I I'll unravel it. my dress like Camille. Yeah. <laughs> oh, believe me, I'll do a lot more than that. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and you know what? I like that they're going back to their relations with not, I hate to say it, but not done much for themselves and have married really wealthy, at least in OC. I like that. And it's no shade at Bronwyn, but. She made it very clear. She didn't want to work, wanted to have a bunch of kids, and wanted to be taken yeah. care of. That's what she told her husband in college. It worked out for her. And I love guess that. what? That's what we used to like about Orange County. That was the whole basis That's of the fun the part. Yeah. I hate it when Vicky needs to tell them to get a job. I'm like, if they get a job, they don't have time to film. Like, well, I think you need to have a dichotomy of like everybody. So, like, that's what was so good about the show to begin with. And also, it was like a visage into like, imagine like you're at a house that you like. And you see this beautiful house in Laguna. What it used to feel like was you peeking into the window of that house and seeing what's going on inside. That's what housewives used to feel like. It was behind the gates. Yeah, it was a sneak peek behind the gates, the original title. It's like the original the title, title of OC was Behind the Gates. And I loved that. It and got I think from that. I, yeah, I think we got very far away. We had a little bit better. I, this is the reason why I liked. Gretchen and Alexis and Heather, like they were 
the epitome of housewives. Even if you hated their character, like Gretchen wanted that life so badly. She was um, kind of like with that older man and then got with Slade. And that was like when it kind of got a little seedy because he didn't have anything. And Alexis was basically selling her soul and her Christianity to keep her diamonds that were super gaudy. Like go back and just watch season six and seven of OC. And it is like, what a time we lived through fashion wise for one. Yep. Like, ooh, yeah. Like, what a time. Guy and, tops. We had the big oh, uh, Lynn's earring. jewelry. Remember Lynn's cuffs? Oh, my yes. God. I love them. The, they <laughs> were something. Ed Hardy was everywhere. Like, it was <laughs> quite a time. And now I just feel like we're getting a little bit back to that place. We have a new rumored housewife. Um, allegedly, her Asia Jones is her name, and her husband Fletcher Jones, who you can look up because there is a lot to Google there, honey. Um, he owns like a million Mercedes Benz dealerships in OC, and has money everywhere. There's a picture of the whole cast, or currently the whole cast of a Bronwyn, Kelly, Emily, and Gina surrounded by Asia in the middle, which means it's probably for an event for Asia which mm-hmm. is a sign that if they're filming something for her, she's going to be on the show, at least in some capacity. If not friend, if not Full Housewife, then friend of. And allegedly, this man is Fletcher. He's on his third marriage. Oh, when nice. he met Asia, she was only worth $88,000. Mm-hmm. And gave her lots of jewelry, lots of gifts, of course. And his last, or his ex-wife, took him to the bank for $40,000 a month in child support. I mean, in spousal support. In spousal support. And then every year on their anniversary, allegedly, she collects $245,000 from him on their anniversary. Can you imagine that? Best anniversary present ever. Uh, Yes. You you are free to go and fuck whomever you want if I get $245,000 that one day every year. On top of the 40K... Sounds like a dream. Are you kidding me? I would live my best life. That's like over $350,000 that you collected without lifting a finger. 40 is double what some people's salaries are uh, for a full year. Yes, and she's getting 40K a month, which means if we do that times 12 months, that's $480,000 plus $245,000 is $725,000. I know. All because this man didn't want to love her anymore. I you know. You cannot love me, and people not love people stop loving me all the time for free. Oh, I yeah, should start yeah. charging. I know. I should like, start charging too. That's a new business. Order for you I to do. hate me, you must write me a check. I'll start oh. low. It's twenty dollars. It's twenty dollars to dislike me. My contract now. Yeah, it's twenty dollars to dislike me. If you decide to fire me on top of my severance package, you are going to pay me money for every year post you not liking me anymore. <laughs> Because it's only fair. You once liked me. It's not my fault you changed your mind. I didn't change myself. Yeah, and I will accept $20 a year. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that is Good so her. Again, me. Her, her name is Asia Jones, so we have that to look forward to. She kind of looks like Sutton Strack to me a little bit. Like a younger yeah. version. Oh, like, you I should... get that. I agree. Yeah, I... I, I'm like, you know, not to just combine all white women to look alike because I hate when people do it to my people but these two look alike I was like oh and you know I don't feel bad about OC because most of them do kind of look alike it's kind of like do. this are you keeping up with this new VPR cast Anthony they all look the no same. 
I have not watched a single episode, and I don't I want to say, that. I think you've saved yourself, and I don't think you will be mad at that. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm telling you right now, um, I think that they need to do something about the casting in the way that I just don't get how they don't do background checks. I don't get how they don't do oh, so. Oh, I think dispatch. they 1,000% new. You think? I want to put money on it. Like, I would literally put hard money on this. That they knew. That they knew and expected it to come out because, first of all, granted, it's super easy to, to, to look up anyone's Twitter. For sure. It's it's literally super the easy ever. It's but easier also, than Instagram. I do not, as much as I love these people, and I'm looking for dirt every day, and I have a reason to go look for racist tweets and stuff. Yes. I do not randomly look this shit up. No. And not on new people. Not on these two specific people. Like, this seemed a little too calculated to me for them not to know. I think... I have a theory with th- these tweets, the same I have a theory with um, the Jersey uh, situation of Jennifer talking about Jackie's money. If you do not say it on camera or while they are filming, we cannot talk about it at the reunion. Yeah, I agree. And I don't, and, and otherwise Andy has to ask it in a fly-by-night kind of question on Watch It Happens Live, and that's not satisfying enough because his numbers are not great. Like, they're okay for a late-night yeah. talk show, but they're not great, like... For people, for the amount of people who love these shows, you would think they'd be staying up for these shows, for their people who are on these shows. But, like, no one's going to stay up an extra half hour at 11 o'clock to watch Max talk no. back, walk back, walk all this stuff back. So no. I think they did this so that the cast could say something, so that Lisa could say something, because driving a Ferrari into your restaurant didn't bring up ratings, and their ratings are not good right now. Are they not? They're not Good. They are barely breaking Jersey numbers, and Jersey is struggling. I can't believe Jersey's struggling. I think this is the best season they've had in a while. I think so, too. And let me tell you why. I think it's literally because Bravo does this thing every once in a while where they try so hard to get my generation. They want 18 to 29. And the problem with 18 to 29 is that if these people are not in school or taking care of very new, very young kids, they don't want to watch your Vickies and your grown people make homophobic comments or yep. racist comments, sound out of, talk about threesome, sexual shaming, slut shaming. They don't want to see that. Yeah, they so don't. They always think that Vanderpump Rules is the one that's going to bring them in, but we probably hate them the most. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just don't get it, especially for people close to our age. I don't get how, like, I can't, like, I know people I went to high school with, like, said some shitty things, but, like, i I don't think that they're on Twitter like that. So like, not to I- mention, like, I, I hated this argument that people used in my in my DMs and my comments a lot of like, he was young, he was barely no. legal at that time, no. and I was like, I'm literally younger than him. Yes, yes, and I knew what I didn't want to be called. Yes, so I would know what not to call someone because I knew what I didn't want to be called. Yeah, I've been called something like that by that age. By the time I was 12, I had been called that by a teacher. And I didn't like it then. So I'm not going to like it at 15. I'm not going to like it at 17 or 20 or 22 or 23. There's Are no excuse to me. called by a teacher? Oh, yeah. I talked about that a couple weeks ago. I, had, I went to school in Dallas. And that's why I'm like, I don't like to generalize all of Texas or even all of Dallas. But this, the what we saw on Housewives, that 
is a long time coming. I'm surprised yeah. we're just now getting yeah, this. Yeah, well, it's been suppressed for a while. It's definitely happened. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. Didn't they? I think Stephanie and all of them said that they were shocked that it got aired because she's been, uh, quote-unquote, like, forgiven in editing a lot. Yeah, I think they've been editing Leanne for years, but... Oh, she said apparently said faggot on there before. She's apparently said the F word. Um, no, that's great, right, Leanne. Yeah, and, and it gets cut out, but... You know, here's my whole thing. I don't want to see this happen if there's no point. So I would just rather you quietly fire them, get rid of it, and and let it die. But, like, I, I just don't understand why they continue to have this be a storyline in 2018, 2019, 2020. I think that what the storyline needs to be, instead of tiptoeing around it, needs to be hammering it down and saying that's not okay. The stuff that's right. happening on Below Deck, the stuff that happened right. on... Right. Like, I don't give a people don't know that racism is not a storyline. Sexism is not a storyline. Misogyny no. is not a storyline. These are... And what's worse is that these things are actual... We don't like to think of these shows as this, but it's a workplace. So yeah. this is literally illegal in a lot of human resources roles. Like, you cannot do this to people on TV, on screen, in in their workplace environment. It will cause them to crack, to break, to overwhelm. Like, they're gonna get upset. Like, that's what happens. Like, Carrie handled it way better than most people would have. No. God bless her. 100%. And then if you look at, and I just loved how LVP made this big stink on, like, in People Magazine or something about how and I love LVP, but she was like, we celebrate diversity or whatever on at my in my restaurants. And but then people did that comparison of how her entire cast a is white, but also looks the same. Like yeah. from cover to cover, there's now 19 to 20 people on that show and they're all the same. That's yeah. an issue. But to me, it's not just an issue because I want to see people of color on there. Sure, we do need more representation because it's LA, and I just refuse to believe that that entire friend group does not have at least one person. That yeah, is one black friend. I don't believe you. Like, yeah. not a single black, a Latina, an Asian, a somebody, somebody yeah. on the, in that friend group. Because I've heard them say many times that it's a lot bigger of a friend group than we see. So I'm like, why doesn't it reflect that? What is this look we're going for? But we saw her make a really big stink about firing James Kennedy because he quote-unquote fat-shamed and made Katie feel uncomfortable on the show about yeah. her. And she was like, I'm a woman and I don't want to feel that way in this Me Too movement. And I'm like, so then where's this same energy with the racist comments uh-huh. literally on on Twitter where we can see it? Mm-hmm. And it's unedited and unfiltered. Also, apparently, Jax Taylor is the reason that Billy Lee, the former cast member who was also a transgender female or is a woman, she like left because of him and things that he said in her workplace so i'm just like bravo and she left because of it and i'm just looking at bravo like when what do you need to happen yeah to make people feel a little bit better about watching your show and then safer while about doing your show and this kind of reflects you know i guess america in general you know it's stigmatized you know you go to hr because you were called a name you're going to be the one that's fired not the person who called you the name yeah, we can ask Gabrielle Union, cough, cough. Yeah, yeah, I know. That was America's Got Talent, right? Yep. Yeah. NBC Universal. Yeah. Yeah. Which it's all- also owns Bravo. Yeah, it's very strange. I mean, you know, uh, of course, I don't... Fox has had its own allegations and, and such. Um, 
But, you know, for such a for a network that seems to promote such progressive, liberal and, you know, revolutionary ideas, they sure seem all that. they have a lot of problems. Yeah, and I know they're covering it. Ronan Farrow went in. Right. Stuff and it's Matt not Howard. like these things, these shows won't survive without it because believe it or not, Max is still not an integral part of this show. We did not need his tweets. We don't need him. Like the show went on fine before we had these racist issues. Dallas was fine until we had this moment. Like, there are plenty of seasons and shows. Jersey does fine. New York does very fine. Yeah. They do very How fine do without think, making people why do you feel think awful. Happening right now. Like, why do you think it's just why do you think now, especially at a time where people are being more self-aware than ever, is this coming out on almost every single Bravo show? So my my theory is that, like, this is one of the reasons why, although Bravo keeps trying to get advertisers for a younger demo, they're performing so awful in younger demos, but they're doing better in older ones. The problem is Bravo likes to pacify. They mm-hmm. will let people stay on these shows for in my opinion, way too long. Yeah. Past us knowing that their kids have grad, we've seen Tamara's kids be born and graduate. Yeah, like literally, they've been so young, three, four, five years old, to the point of like graduation. And now it's like we know everything there is to know about you, yeah. and w- the world is changing, but they're not, and they've had no reason to. And I guess this kind of is one of those consequences that comes with following a bunch of wealthy white women. Yeah. Or wealthy women in general, especially of a particular age, they live in a bubble. And yeah. we see it with Teresa. The fact that Teresa has gone gone this far with the little bit of smarts that she has yeah. and the, the inaccuracy of, pronunci- of enunciating and pronouncing anything yeah. on a menu, like, yeah. and she can make it far? Like, yeah. they don't feel any need to change. It's not like us where we have to get jobs and we're hustling and we're trying to keep a family. We have to be accountable for things in real life. There's no accountability on Bravo, like not no, even a little okay. bit. There, the, the the moment they do something terrible, they get a bigger check. Like, yeah, we could get fired. Fact, I know for a fact in the casting process, because um, you know, first it's just it's not the casting director's job, but you get cat you you have the casting director who reach out to you, then it gets pushed to the producers, then it gets pushed to Bravo, who then Bravo runs the PR. These casting places and the production don't have PR. It's Bravo that has the PR. They do background checks before it's official. Mm-hmm. And so that it's either, you know, lazy background check people or they just don't they just no, don't they're care. doing it. I think they see it as an opportunity because Andy said in his like defense of like the people were asking him on Watch Happens Live, why did you even let this air? Like I get that, yeah. you know, we need to know who Leanne really is, but like why would you subject us to this because it's making people uncomfortable and when they finally showed that montage on the reunion I cried I am not a crier I am not sensitive I have been black all my life these things do not bother me they they should sure but like and I hope that people don't they get really emotional when I'm like you know it happened when I was like 10 or or 8 and they're like I feel so sad I'm so sorry I'm like girl I was told that this was going to happen to me when I was three years old every little person of color is told the exact same thing this does not bother me Carrie was not bothered by this it's just embarrassing it's happening on national tv at her place of work like she signed up to do a job and be messy and have fun like everybody else on that show why is she the only one that has to be subjected to this particular storyline like that's just not fair like 
they know. Bravo has to know. They just think that I don't get the, what I don't get is the angle. Like I get you want to be progressive and stuff, but to me, exposing it, which is what Andy said, like it was said, we just wanted to show what happened. We are just showing what happened. But if Leanna said these things before, what makes you think now is the time to show us what happened when you're also not been prepared to do anything about it? Well, maybe they're just looking for an excuse to get rid of them. But I'm going to tell you something. I don't think I don't, they're going to get rid I don't, of them. I don't think Leanne's going anywhere. I don't, I don't think she is either. I and it's not, I don't think that there are, that people are above redemption. I'm not one of those people who, I'm not, I don't like cancel culture. I want to be a teacher. I'm getting my master's in elementary education. A huge part of that is psychology. There is so many redeeming and forgivable qualities about people. The problem is that they're never held accountable. They won't know to grow. Yeah. Well, I think that this could be a good, uh, Bravo could go in one of two ways. Okay. They could um, get rid of Leanne and just pretend it never happened. Or what they can do, which I think would be better, is to have her back. And I think they can have a season about holding somebody accountable and watching that person learn and grow. Because when you cancel somebody and you get rid of them, I know a lot of people make the excuse. They say, it's not our job as gay people, black people, Latina people to educate people no it's not right. your job it's not our it's job. not it's not a job but if you can do it and you have the power just the same thing if i have a lot of money and i know that you're poor i'm going to want to help you out if i'm a good person right so, and i tell people all the time i have the patience and the time to explain this every time and yeah. i know plenty of people i have friends who are on instagram and stuff and you know fellow other per people of color instagrammers and bravo lovers who are like i just don't want to do this like i don't have time to be arguing with these people about all these things that they don't seem to want to know about and for me i have time every single time i will find the time for you yeah, whether I... it gets heated or not we i'm going to tell you about yourself because you're ridiculous to think that it's something it's like what happened what, that's the thing again like they're saying what we're saying though bravo still would not do i don't see them holding Leanne accountable. That's the problem. I don't expect do them to do that. They didn't do it to Stassi. They no. just air it. Like they, they didn't do it when she said the things about the Black Lives Matter thing. And that was the <laughs> reason. Tell me what happened with that. Yeah. So like a few seasons ago, it was when Billy Lee was on the show. The reason that Billy Lee was like nervous to sit down with Stassi because she was like, I don't really want to meet her. She didn't want to meet her. And Stassi was like, I really want to have her on my show. And what made me a little skeptical was like, why is there so much fervor and you wanting to have Billy Lee on your show? Is it because she's trans? Yeah. Like, I don't get it. Yeah, what like, is the problem? You typically don't like a new girl. So what is the issue here? Like, have you had everybody on the show? So, yeah. but Billy Lee was afraid to do it because Lala and Ariana were telling her that on her podcast, she was talking about like the whole hashtag Oscars so white situation and how there were so many movies that were up that year for Oscars and none of them received the nominations. Like every single category was white or something like that. And was, people were really upset about it. Will Smith didn't want to go like, Jimmy yeah, Smith didn't want to go. Like they had so many movies. That was the year concussion. Remember that it wasn't and nominated. She says, right. And uh, Stassi said something on her podcast, like why, can't like why does it have to be about black people like why can't it just be like uh -oh. if it's a good movie it's a good movie like why does black lives matter have to be everything like why is it just so big right now like not getting it it wasn't racist it was very ignorant it was kind of like the question of like what is the point like why are they telling us that they matter like why 
Like, yeah. why right now? Like, or can it just be like it wasn't a good movie? I'm like, okay, girl, but if every single category and every single nomination and everyone looks the same, it's beyond that it's just a good movie. Yes. It's yeah. beyond the same that. Thing is, it's, it's the same thing as, like, you know, people try to question, like, why pride is a thing. Like, they're like, why is pride a thing? Like, like okay. why? There's no straight pride. It's called being every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's called it every day. And also, you don't, you can literally walk into a courthouse, marry whomever you want at any point in time, at any part of the country. Mm-hmm. That. Mm hmm. Well, see, I, I think it's all about, I mean, now we're kind of like getting off, like whatever, but I think this all does kind of relate to Bravo because Bravo is about people and how people interact. And I, that's the whole premise. <laughs> you know, I think that like, I'm like a person of privilege in the way that like, I never was bullied for being gay. I never had, you know, somebody call me names. My family was very accepting. So for me growing up, it was just as much a part of me as having brown eyes. It's just like mm-hmm. nothing different. But when I got to college, I remember having my first couple of relationships and stuff like that. Then you really start to feel it. So I never felt a need to celebrate pride because I was so privileged. I said, I don't like, of course, I didn't feel prideful if that makes sense. Cause I'm like, I don't feel prideful about having brown eyes. But once you experience injustice because of something that you can't help about yourself, that is a minority. That's when you want to start celebrating pride. That's why Black Lives Matter. That's why pride is a thing. That's right. why we have Black History And I Month. think that's, you're touching on a really good point. It's like, it's the reason that these Bravo celebrities, the problem is the people want to cancel them so quickly because they don't want to see anything beyond what they think is right. They don't want to be wrong. Like Stassi didn't want to see what was wrong with it. All she knew was that it made Billy Lee uncomfortable around her before she even got to meet her and she was upset about that. Yes. Because she was like, well, why don't you want to meet me? And that was an ego thing. Same with Leanne on Dallas. She was just like, I didn't know Mexican was a bad word. And she kept saying that and not seeing the problem here is that you were forcing Carrie to be the minority on your show. Yes. You were pushing her because you did not like her and you could not argue with her for any other reason. And there were plenty. Yeah, there were. You chose to harp on the one thing that she was different from you by. And it was only her nationality because it's not a race. She is a white woman. She is blonde. Yeah. She is just a Mexican woman. So we must focus on that. And we must yeah. push her aside and make her feel less than because I have no better argument. Yeah. And that's the problem with sometimes Andy does a decent job, but I th- sometimes I just think it's too much. Like it's it's too much on just him and it's too much to wait until the reunion. Like right. you can't just go to the reunion and go, oh, I can't wait for him to ask her about her her cheating on her husband and the racist comments like it's not the same caliber you know what i mean it's like different things they're way different things and often people of minority who like either gay black whatever minority you are when you when you rise to a certain place of fame and wealth it is hard for people to take you seriously calling out other other people for their mistakes because they're at such a place of privilege at that point. And so oftentimes when I see Andy calling these people out, it doesn't hold any levity to me. It doesn't hold any weight, Mm. I guess. And I'm like, I would rather see their peers calling them out. Like I would agree. And I didn't mind the way Dallas women came after Leanne. I did understand a lot of people's, you know, a little hesitancy to accept it because they were like, you knew it was going to air, so that's oh, why this. 
done it to Imani. Like, they've all, every single person in that cast has probably said something. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, but see, and this is why the ratings for all these shows are doing so poorly. It's because these younger people, they don't want to waste or spend their time. Like, this is, these are, we're talking about live numbers. You're talking about a week night. Yeah. Hours before work, dinner, working out happy hour so many things come before getting triggered on your couch like so many things come before having to be confronted with oh god i don't know how i feel about that like nobody wants to think when they watch tv especially not bravo yeah like that's not what wants to happen here i want to see bronwyn parading around in a bikini having her own private photo shoot in a hotel suite that's what i want I want to yeah, see Kelly too. whooping it up and Shannon like crying about bread and wanting to eat and cream cheese, salmon. Like these are the things that I want to see. And this Me is why too. I think OC is going to get better. Cause I think that without Vicky and without like the blanketed <laughs> homophobia and bigot, bigoted, you know, dialogue, like just without her making people feel uncomfortable for no apparent reason. Like there was yeah. just no fucking ass reason for her to be bringing any of this stuff up yeah. other than the fact of like she didn't like Bronwyn because Bronwyn was everything that she always wanted to be I don't well, believe Vicky really wanted to work it's funny because uh, uh, Bronwyn reminded me a lot of all the po- good parts of Vicky that I liked and that's um, why she hated her Yes. And so when Bronwyn first came on, I was like, oh, my God, this is mini Vicky, except a more lovable version of her. Yeah, kinder, low, low kinder and seemed to really love life. Like Vicky's always seemed like she was trying to make you believe her life was great. Yes. Not that it was not that she believed it. She wanted you to think she was fine. Because she would yeah. say things like, I, I love my job. I, I love my work. And I, I could never not work. And I stopped believing her. I think she always wanted to be a Bronwyn. I think she wanted to be able to take care of herself. But she fell for love and not for money the first couple times around. And that ended up making her have to make her own money, which she loved. But she wanted to have it all. Which yeah. is understandable. She's surrounded by all these women who had it all. Like, yeah. oh, you know, seemingly. But, like, that was the premise of the show. And Vicky was, like, the... Or you could work kind of person. Yeah. And I think she hated Bronwyn because of that, but she had to make it about her sexuality. And now we're seeing the same thing happen with Jax on Vanderpump Rules. And he's talking about all the time, left and right, whispering under his breath that, well, Ariana's a lesbian. That's why she won't marry Tom and give him kids. Yeah. And How Ariana's, does he think that's normal or okay at all? It's just, he's an idiot. And people don't even realize how old he is. He sounds even older than he is. Yeah. Like he's only 39, I think, or 40, but he yeah. sounds. 14 years older than that. Yeah. Like, he sounds retired. And Ariana's like, you know, there are lesbians that have babies, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, there yeah, are women like, who marry uh, men who don't like, have kids. You're like, what's your yeah. point? Like, yeah. Like, literally, there are women, if they want to have babies and are capable of having babies, they'll have babies no matter who they sleep with, if that's what they want. Like, it's not, it doesn't work that way, Jaxie Poo. Like, yeah, well, he's tired. I, I just think, you know, and, and this speaks to like a, you know, this is kind of why I stopped doing my podcast. I mean, I stopped it like at the height of it almost. And yeah. I was getting all the press that I wanted to get. I mean, the this is the first time I'm really ever talking about it explicitly. So, you know, I made Tony's Tea Corner because I really enjoyed watching these shows and pop culture and and you know specifically bravo and i love talking to the people who were on the show past and present and i got the press that i wanted to get out of it 
And, and I think I realized after talking to a lot of these people that what we see on the show is just a snippet of what actually happens. And stuff that is kind of horrible that happens is given to us as entertainment. And so before I could let it fall any further, I felt like I saw what was coming and I stopped it. And so I've never had to cover any of this kind of horrible, icky stuff. And yeah. I kind of think it was my intuition, like telling me to stop. And, and I'm glad that I did when I did, but I appreciate people like you who dissect and articulate it because that is what is lacking in this kind of culture. Yeah, I, and I appreciate that because I think that what I, what I really wanted to do when I started this podcast was bring so many different worlds together because I'm one of those people who cannot be put into a box. I yeah. don't just watch the quote-unquote black reality shows like so many of my friends do. They only watch Atlanta or Potomac because they, they watch what they, they recognize. But like I also know people okay say too. they only watch the only the white ones because I'm like, you're missing out on good content from all fronts. There are great people who make great television on all kinds of shows. And yep. if if I stuck people who look like me, I would be very sad and confused because don't nobody really look like me. So yeah. I'm like, the problem is though, as someone who's had to watch these things for years, I do feel sometimes that I am in I'm caught between a rock and a hard place because I've always felt little reasons for why I was uncomfortable with something that Bravo did or put on TV. And I've had to swallow it for years. And now having this platform or having this podcast and that seems to only be growing and sometimes mainly because people want to know how they should feel from someone who automatically feels it. Yeah, And they want that, you know, kind of like they, they want that go ahead to be angry. And then some people want to basically fight me because they're not angry and they're like what's wrong with me because you're saying this is wrong and I'm saying it I don't feel that way so you must be wrong and I'm like listen honey you can feel however you want to feel okay Karen I don't care like I am just telling you what is wrong here is this we shouldn't be having to deal with this because it's supposed to be TV and it's really not supposed to be this serious but the problem is when you have a show about humans the human experience and human relationships Often you might be disappointed in the responses. That's the problem. And, and humans are flawed. Humans are flawed. It's, they're very, very flawed. And it's the reason why I don't like to use words that end with an ist. I try very hard not to call someone a racist or a sexist or even a homophobe because I'm just like, people can change. People are just ignorant. And that's the problem. It's like, Whoopi it, Goldberg says that. Whoopi Goldberg says that yep. all the time. If she Teresa says, Judice can make it this far in the world, there is hope for all of us. Yes. Okay, coming. I totally agree. I think there's... Alrighty, greedy instances. Yeah. But, you know, people often forget about Teresa, too, that her native language is Italian. Like, she doesn't... She doesn't... Her English was not her first language, and she speaks English pretty well for somebody who... She does pretty well. Has she read pretty well? No, not really. But she's... she's, She speaks it fine. She's conversational. To quote Lauren Manzo, to quote Lauren Manzo, spell napalm. Season season four reunion when she called out <laughs> Teresa for not writing her own blogs. That is so funny. Like Teresa, I I mean I love Jersey for that reason. Teresa's Margaret trying to tell her like you know I I don't like Charles Manson. But I want to have him at my house, and she's like, "Who's Charles Manson?" And oh. Melissa's like, "She's a hundred percent serious too." Yes. And I was like, "That's the worst Melissa part." Is fed the fuck up. Yeah, I love her. And then we see 
in the episode coming this week or that by this time people have already seen it we see that you know Teresa's like I don't like that you call me ignorant say sorry and she goes I'm sorry and she goes all right bitch (laughs) I love you yeah (laughs) it's just like how can you not love them and I think that that's if we need a blueprint of how to make these shows look great especially for the west coast especially for Dallas because I believe everyone should get a shot why not let's see what happens in the rest of this year it's only fucking January god help Like, it's just, like, the longest year ever. But, like, it's only January. We have a lot of room to grow, even for Dallas. I'm hesitant to let Leanne back, but okay. But if we need a blueprint, just look to the East Coast. Yeah. Atlanta does it perfect. Potomac does it perfect. New York and New Jersey wrote the book on this. Like, just look to them or just fire everybody else. And we'll just see what Salt Lake City gives us in the spring, because I am... Oh, Jesus. You think I should watch? I don't know if I'm going to watch. Have you seen Potomac yet, Anthony? I, I do like, I've covered Potomac on Radio Andy, and I'm going to thank Radio okay, Andy great. for making me watch it, because I, I was originally called in to do Beverly Hills, and then they had to switch me last minute to Potomac for a different day, and so I was forced into watching it, and then I started watching the whole thing. And now it's amazing. I know. I try to tell so you. Good. It's my home state. You got to love them. I yep. think we're. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try Salt Lake City, even though it goes against everything that I literally just preached and bitched about on this podcast. I know you're gonna pick such I'm a problematic to, area. I'm gonna give it a try because I've had people tell me, and I've met some people from Salt Lake City who are not like Lauren from Utah, aka yeah. Lala, yeah. Um, who are not like her, and they're like, "Girl, we are not all a bunch of cultural appropriators with like loud personalities just trying to get on the first PJ." MBJ out of Utah. That's not all of us. And I'm like, cool. I'm great. I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. I will say I wish we had Chicago or somewhere else. It's a little bit better. More uh, Philadelphia, the main line. Oh, that would have been cute. Yeah. I would have loved to see Philly like and maybe like a Jersey lead in because I heard y'all hop around a lot. Well, that's the thing. So originally here's some inside info. I don't know if I said this on here before, but they were going to do a Real Housewives in the main line which is basically Philadelphia and South Jersey. So, oh, love it. Because where they are for Real Housewives of New Jersey is basically New York. It's just like the suburbs of New York City. And so I always felt weird that they were calling it New Jersey. Oh, excuse me. Because it's like a whole state that they're not yeah. even exploring. Yeah, I mean, Central Jersey, which people debate that Central Jersey doesn't exist, is like maybe 45 minutes north from me. Where I am right now is basically Philadelphia, but I'm in New Jersey. So if we're going to have that Real Housewives in those towns and call that Real Housewives in New Jersey, then we need to do a Philadelphia mainline one and, and call it Real Housewives in the mainline. Because there are some crazy, bougie-ass, bougie-ass people here that are just as Italian as the North Jersey ones, but are a, a whole lot funnier. I'm telling you I right now. I love that. But you know what? And I get that. I mean, I've always said the the thing about Potomac is that none of them are in Potomac. Like, they don't live there. Only Monique lives there. They don't film anything there because there's nothing there really to film. Like, it's just a bunch of big mansions. It's just a suburbs for senators and football players. That's it. Like, it's nothing else there. But they couldn't call it D.C. again because that got canceled. But also none of them lived in D.C. either. But that's just the way our area works. It's like a little triad of, of places and big homes and overly priced things that no one really needs exactly it's like an it's like an hour-long span of like all these different towns and areas it's like in between two states i love that i think they should reconsider because i would actually like to see something philly-esque and see what that looks like because philly's a much cool city it's a way cooler city to me than most 
Yeah. I, I love that area. And then my last question for you before I let you go, have you seen the trailer for the new show, Family Karma? Okay, I'm so excited about it because it gives Thank me vibes. God. It gives me vibes of what like Shaws of Sunset started out as. I like, And it's like- the same production company. Oh, great. So they did that on purpose, and I like that. I've had plenty of people tell me that they're like, I don't know how to feel. They all look alike. I'm like, girl, you need to recheck. Okay. Yeah. Like, oh don't, I don't even. And like, well, if they could make Miami work, why are they going to make this work? I'm like, first of all, Miami did work. It was just way before its time. Like, yeah. it was a very vibrant and amazing cast that would definitely work today. But we're talking about pre-Kardashian Larsa Pippen that was on yep. there. It was a very different time. Like, and it's not, it would work now because, well, um, in case people didn't know, Indian people and Latina women are different. Yeah. Like, real different. So, um, great chance it could work. It's not like there's a, a, a quota or a cap of minorities that we could have on Bravo. So, and not to mention, it was great success. Shaw's was huge success for Bravo. Eight seasons is epic. Like, yeah. that's more than my Dallas, my Potomac. Like, that's more than Miami got. Like, they're going to do fine. I love seeing real friendships. Those real friendship Each fights hit different. Like, Reza and MJ's fights, MJ and Gigi's fights, Asa and Gigi's fights from Shaz. Like, those fights were so much better because there was history there. Like, 10 yeah. to 15 to 20 yeah. years. You can tell. When there's stuff that when there's stuff you can tell the authenticity in certain relationships. And that's what I'm excited to see with this show too. I'm very excited to see it. For those who don't know, you can go to my highlights. It's called Family Karma. Literally, the highlight is you can see the whole trailer. You can see the uh, caption and excerpts that I pulled from multiple interviews about it. It is a show about about between four to eight families that all they're, they all came to Miami together. They all immigrated together, these parents, and basically all had their kids around the same couple of years. And yep. they say in the trailer, you know, you've heard of arranged marriages and we have those, but we also have, our, our, our parents had arranged marriages, we had arranged friendships. And they all basically were brought up together and they are the epicenter of the Indian community in Miami. There is money, there's class, there is a lot of familial obligation. And yep. I think it's just a really fun to explore a new culture that we don't get. And I loved that about Shaw's is learning about how these people work is so much more fun sometimes than just watching people fight about a dog. Yeah, I, you could not have said it better. That's exactly <laughs> how I feel. I'm Anthony, thank you. So, no more dogs. We're going to watch new things. That's what we're doing in 2020. And we're going to watch new shows and we're going to give everything a try. And we're going to have hope that these bitches get it the fuck together. Yeah, can they, please, for all of us? Please, like, just so I can go back to enjoying mm-hmm. things. Like, maybe circa and... 2014. That'd be great. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony, thank you so much for coming on and talking way too many different things. And I had so much fun with you. Please tell everyone where they can find all the new things that you're doing now. So you guys can find me on Instagram at Anthony Lario, A-N-T-H-O-N-Y-L-A-R-I-O. I do comedy videos, funny shit. I do songs. Um, and I'm going to eventually have a new podcast come out called That's the Way It Is, which is going to be a pure pod, uh, pure comedy podcast. And I am uh, also a social media 
guru. So I do consultations for people. So DM me if you want to uh, revamp your social media page and you need help. Yes, absolutely. He has gotten so many people off the ground. Like literally you could not be in better hands. And so Uh, do all those things. Find him. Look forward to that new podcast. I can't wait. Thank you, my love. I am so happy that you came on and I will be right back, everyone, to cover Vanderpump Rules and Jersey. All right, guys, I'm ending the show, but I wanted to remind you, or I remembered myself, ratings. So not many have come in and we didn't have Atlanta this week. So pretty much all we are working with is Ariana's appearance on Watch What Happens Live, which was considerably lower than Britney and Jax's, mainly because there was two of them, maybe one only one of Ariana. They hit around a little over half a million views in the demo of 18 to 49. Um, but this is a, we're going up for Pump Rules itself. They hit 1.18 million live viewers in that same demo. This is a humongous improvement from last week, last week where they were only at 1.05. Um, it had gone down since like the very first, you know, episode. So really good for them. And uh, Below Deck is still killing it at like 1.7, which is basically trailing right behind Atlanta, which is again, the highest rated, um, I guess it would be the highest rated Bravo show, period. It might be. I don't know that for sure. So don't quote me, but it's definitely the highest rated housewife. So good for Below Deck because their ratings are stellar, even with all of the drama and controversy. And I hear that they just had their reunion and Abby, the one who got engaged via phone or via text, like she was there. I don't know why, but I guess we'll find out. Beyond that, it's all we got. Project Runway is actually doing better than Vanderpump Rules. So maybe give that a shot. Um, and Marge was on Watch Happens Live last week. And she did okay. A little better than Ariana. Um, and Jersey is trailing a little bit higher than Pump Rules, but not where it needs to be. I don't know why people don't watch it. If you are somebody who doesn't like or watch Jersey, please reach me in my DMs. Um, I would like to know why. Like, I'm not going to judge you. I just want to know what the problem is between Jersey and New York having such low ratings. Um, yeah. Otherwise, that's it for this week and Mixing with Monty. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to my friend Anthony Lario for coming on. Lots of big things ahead, and I'm so excited for the podcast and everything that's going to come up. Just getting busier and busier. Of course, you can join my Patreon, which I would prefer you do for other things. That is where I'll be doing the questions that need answers. That's where I'll be doing FOMO. That is where I'll be doing... um, more and more ratings and reviewing shows that are not bravo uh you can make a request you can tell me what you want you get to kind of control that and i'll be watching shows such as the circle and and cheer and stuff and i'll be reviewing those shows on um, my patreon and you can join that otherwise follow me at mixing with money on instagram and twitter m-a-x-i-n-g-w-i-t-h-m-a-n-i and have a fantastic week For more about me, Bravo, Housewives, Pop Culture, and so much more, follow me on Instagram at Mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. So you can keep up with me and don't forget to also leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening and rate me and maybe give me five stars. Thanks so much. Bye. <laughs>